get overwhelmed by all of the change. And we're afraid and we begin to think we don't have enough perhaps and how can we do beyond what we think we can do based on fear and scarcity thinking. But the God that we are part of and united with who is our loving Father is the source of all the good gifts. All of the perfect gifts. And it's the relationship that if we're living it faithfully, it sustains us beyond our ability to even begin to imagine the sustenance that pours into us. We can withstand and we can endure. In fact, that's how the book of James begins, talking about how we need to live and celebrate the joy of our relationship with God. And that will give us what we're celebrating, the joy of the relationship that we stand with God. That gives us the capacity to endure. If you go back and look at the first beginning of the book of James, you'll see that there's almost a mathematical formula available to us in our faith. That we live in the joy of our relationship with God, remembering our baptism and living our baptism every day. Because guess what? The book ends at this beautiful moment, this beautiful celebration, this joyous moment is the knowledge that someday, for me and for you, for every one of us, if if we continue to live into our hope, someday, some pastor will read the words of our sermon of the witness to the resurrection and be able to say for us that our baptism is now complete. That our baptism is now complete. Because we've left this journey in this strange land and we have gone home to be in the loving arms of our loving God. And so that baptism, which is the full armor of God that we put on, I can remember there was once a family that had come from another tradition, other than the Presbyterian tradition or one of our Reformed traditions that baptizes infants, and or perhaps it was one of the parents was from our tradition, one of the parents wasn't from our tradition. Uh, they, they found themselves in my office, nevertheless. Uh, interrogating me as to why one of the parents was deeply concerned about why don't we baptize infants? Why don't we wait until our, our child is old enough to make this decision for themselves? And I can remember being a little taken aback by the question back in those days as a relatively young and new pastor. And uh, I sat there for a moment and then I sort of blurted out, well, would you put your child naked in the street? And you should have seen, I can still see it, the look of shock on the face of these parents, you know. Uh, and uh, I said, well, that's really what, how we think of this. That if you are people of faith and you believe in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, you want to clothe your children in that faith as early as humanly possible. It is an act of, that is, is partly established by God partly established by the church family that says we will nurture that child in their lifetime so that they will sing these songs of faith, they will be able to draw on this experience all their life long, and they will become people that know that that is the fabric of life. Recently, 
recently I went through an experience myself where I was about to visit a church. I was in a hotel not that far from here. Um, and I was about to come to a church to preach the next morning. I had been in a church in Queens, New York the, that same morning doing another workshop and so busy on the road, kind of lifestyle as the ministry relations officer for the Northeast. And suddenly I got a horrible onset of pain. And I wound up in the emergency room. And this was pain. Now I had given birth to a child with no anesthesia. I am a breast cancer survivor who has been through multiple surgeries. I have never experienced pain. Like the pain of a little tiny kilista. It, it flattened me. It disturbed me. It had me fearful. And in the emergency room, it had me crying out for Jesus. Literally. I was, I was, I was saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Well, that, that might have gotten me a little quicker pain medication, quite frankly. That might be a strategy to adopt. But, uh, I think the care was, was, was relentless. Uh, but that clearly they could tell that I needed that level of intervention. But, uh, the song the children sang this morning, that God is with us, no matter what our circumstances, no matter what season in life. You know, we want to have God as close to us as the vein in our neck, as the next breath we take. And the way that we have to establish that is to, uh, I was mentioning to Pastor Marvin that one of my uh, previous elders who chaired the stewardship team in a church that I served as pastor said, he used to always say when he greeted the congregation on consecration morning that the hope was that we all would give an honorable portion, an honorable portion of all the blessing that God has poured into our lives. Back to the work of God. So that more lives can be transformed. More ways in which your ministry can make a difference that literally brings people back from the brink of thinking that their lives are over. To the possibility of resurrection, hope, and promise. Of knowing that there is never a place that God cannot be with us and accompany us. The Gospel of James is sometimes considered, and not the Gospel of James, excuse me, take that back. The Epistle of James is sometimes considered a sort of suspect book to us in the Reformed tradition. Um, because this is where there is some conversation about works, you know, of them. And we don't believe in that. Um, but the Gospel of James is a pastoral that reminds us of the joy that comes through our relationship with God and enduring all the days of our lives. Whatever it is that we have to experience, God is with us. And so, my friends, we give thanks. We give thanks for your faithfulness. We give thanks for your honorable gifts that you bring this day to support all the various ministries of this congregation that are clearly touching so many lives and shaping lives. And, you know, you need to continue to tell those stories throughout the year. Talk about the impact 
that this church is happening on all of your lives and on the concentric circles that you impact beyond the walls of this church. Because remembering that this is the path to spiritual growth that will sustain you and sustain this broken and wounded world, even now, so broken, so fearful. Let us not operate from that place, because we're not called to operate from that place of brokenness and fear, but rather from a place that remembers that we serve a God who calls us all beloved. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.